how are things going in uh in quarantine uh it's going pretty good um with everything that you can go with uh the training is a little bit more challenging so it's a lot of solo drilling and you know just a lot of your by yourself training you get to be six feet apart you get to see everybody but still not the same as like punching and kicking each other and wrestling each other so but it's all been pretty good are you at uh you're there at knoxville uh that that camp there right knoxville martial arts academy yes yeah how's that how's that been obviously osp trains out of there how was his training camp leading up to this fight uh he's doing pretty good um i know he left a little bit to go cross train some other places before he went to fight so he usually does most of his camp with us and then if he needs it he'll go to another place and go train with them for a little bit just because they have bigger guys than what we have so but other what's, than that he looked good yeah yeah i thought he looked really good considering he's you know debut at heavyweight uh fighting a guy like ben rothwell who's you know he's been around he's he's really good it's hard to put away. So I, th- I thought he looked good for for heavyweight debut. I guess, what do you think next for him? Should he drop back down or stay there at 265? I think he'll I think go he'll... Uh, light heavyweight. Um, the crazy thing is, is that he took, the, and then people get just confused, he took that fight because everybody else that he was supposed to fight kind of like uh, couldn't get out because of the quarantine and everything else like that. So it wasn't like he was intentionally moving to heavyweight. It was just took the fight because, you know, it's available and he wanted to fight. So I think that's what it is. But I think he'll move back down to light heavyweight and he'll know how good he is. He'll know how confident striking is. So anytime you can go against somebody that weighs 270 pounds you and you're walking around 240 and you can hang in there and you drop him twice, yeah, that's going to be a real confidence booster for him coming back to 205. Yeah, you took it to a split, which, you know, in the debut and at heavyweight, fighting a guy who's 30, like you said, 30 pounds heavier than him. Uh, I thought it looked really good, really impressive. A lot of people thought he won. Um, so it, no shame in that, I guess. And I guess what what are your thoughts on, on Knoxville Martial Arts Academy as a whole? Um, obviously, I've had people like Liv, Liv Parker. She was on. I talked to her a little bit. Uh, what are your thoughts on your training camp or your training partners there and your coaches and have you ever thought about training abroad somewhere else, like going to an ATT or a, a bigger camp? No, no, I, no, I don't have any uh, any ambition on leaving KMA at all. You know, it's like my family. I started there when I was 18, and I'm 29 now, so I'm not going to jump ship just because they have, you know, people that are like the whole name, like ATT. You know, they're like Walmart of MMA, so yeah. they got gym everywhere, it seems like, so. Oh, K-May's more family than anything. Like, I care less if it's mainstream gyms or whatnot because they care. We care about everybody that walks through those doors. So it's a whole culture. So a lot of people get the misinterpretation that you have to be from a big gym to make it big, which is a bunch of crap because you have to have people that care about you, not just care if you can line their pockets or not. So I love all my teammates and I love all my coaches. So I ain't leaving. You fought your entire career at Valor. Um, what are your thoughts on that organization um, as a whole, I guess? And and, and I guess on your, your career there at, at Valor, and have you ever thought about, you know, competing at other organizations or trying to, you know, maybe go to LFA or anything like that? Or are you just happy at, at Valor there? It's a local organization. What are your, what are your thoughts? 
I love Valor. I love fighting for Valor. You know, Valor's one of those, this original thing. So it's one of those things to get you jump started for your career and try to get you going to the bigger shows. So do I have ambitions on going to other shows? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because it's never like I'm just going to abandon Valor, you know. But I do want to go into like Bellator, maybe UFC. Um, I was going to fight for M1. Uh, it'll have been the first of this month. That's when I would have fought if this quarantine didn't happen. So I would have been fighting for M1 right now, making yeah. my debut there. So, and all that's through Valor, because you know the people at Valor, Tim Loy and everybody else, they put us fighters out there. You know, they put the people out there that are going out there to show and. They put the people out there that are popular and, you know, the people that really deserve to go to the next level. So they do their job of promoting as well as fighters do for the Instagram and Facebook posts. So, oh, yeah. Then the end goal is the Bellator be at UFC. That's my end goal. With with the quarantine and, and the pandemic and, and not being able to get the proper training and all that stuff, do you have a timeline as to when you're willing to get back in there? Obviously, you won back in January. Very impressive first round finish. Um, is there is there a date that comes to mind? Is it you know what I need a full training camp, or is it if I get a call, I'll I'll show up. At this point, it's, if I get a call, because I know that I know I can go and get some good work in by just doing solo drills, and you know I can get I can do what I need to do to get ready for a fight. So it's pretty much just waiting on a phone call. I'm like, hey, this is what's gonna happen. When this is who you're fighting, when you're fighting, make sure you're ready. Like, okay, because right now I'm eating clean, you know, working out, training at the gym. So, I mean, there's not really much that's changed besides the contact, but even then, it still never changed. So, what are your thoughts on like an organization like the UFC? Obviously, they're the jump runners, they're the guys that were like, we're gonna go out there, we're gonna make this happen, we're gonna buy an island, we're gonna put a fight on the moon. It doesn't matter how we're gonna do it. We're going to get it done. Um, obviously, they've received a lot of backlash um, for, you know, doing that. It's, so you're putting fighters at risk. What are your thoughts on, on that, I guess, from a, from a fighter's perspective rather than a fan's perspective? Well, from a fighter's point of view, I mean, that's how we make our money. You know, that's like, you know, the NFL and the NBA tell them the boys can't, they can't play ball. You know, they got weight a little bit. That's people, you know, they got your shelf in somebody's you know, good years or their prime years to be like, okay, well, you got to wait till this stuff blows over, but we don't know when it's going to blow over. And with the economic crisis going on, with the stimulus checks and stuff going on like that, yeah, you really can't be mad at fighters for jumping at the bit and be like, oh, yeah, I'll jump. Yeah, I'll fight. I'll go take a test. And like, it's negative. I get to fight. I get to keep doing what I'm doing. Because at the end of the day, you got to make a living and you're an athlete. This is what you got to do. Uh, fans just don't get it you know we live in a world now where people like to complain they love to have something to go against and they gotta go against it wholeheartedly and so anything that goes against what somebody higher than them tells them they're gonna go against it but I applaud Dana White for doing this because the world needed some kind of distraction and it'll probably educate more people in the world of MMA than what it was whenever you had to fight every, what, two or three months. Now people actually get to watch and people got to listen. Because now the cool thing about fights is that you get to hear everything. And that's yeah. the kind of fight I want to be in. Like, I want to be able to hear my coaches. I want to be able to hear the smacks off the 
you know, the contact, all that good stuff, all the commentators, because, you know, in an arena, no matter how big, how small, you can't hear nothing if you're cheering. So, I think yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like that idea, too, uh, to a certain certain extent. Obviously, as a fan, I'd love to be able to sit in an arena and watch it. But, you know, when I'm watching it on TV and I'm hearing Justin Gaethje's fist rattle off Tony Ferguson's head, yeah. I'm like, that's cool. I like that. I like mm-hmm. hearing that. Um, it kind of puts things into perspective to how much contact there actually is. You know, when you see it, it's like, oh, that looks like it grazed. But if you hear it, you know it was a solid, solid shot. Uh, yeah. Do you, would you like as a fighter? Would you rather have that, or would you rather? I mean, obviously, you'd like to hear the corners and stuff better. But do you like hearing fans cheering or people booing? Do you like that as well? Uh. Yes and no. I like it because you can feed off the energy of the crowd. But also at the same time, if you're going to a fight, you know, and you're fighting and say you're and you're beating the guy or he does something crazy, right? The crowd goes, oh, or they do something like that. That automatically looks good to the judges because, you know, some of the judges are not educated. And then maybe they just see something or they hear like reaction. I'm like, oh, well, that must have really hurt because the crowd's going crazy. So... It's kind of one of those things where it's it's hard. It, it really it, it's hard. Like I'm, I would much rather have like just if we can if there's a way you can like have a middle ground where you have just a little bit of fans. That way you can hear your corners. I'd be down for it. But I'm cool with either way. Yeah, I find it also influences the refs too, right? Like for example, if the grounds if the the game's on the ground and there's a lot of side control and not much damage is being done booze would often get the like the ref to stand it up i'm not a fan of standing it up anyway obviously i love seeing a slugfest but um i think the most natural thing to do is let things play out on the ground and i feel yeah. like booze and stuff like that would influence the, the referee as well they um, do yeah uh, they do um and the obviously there's rumors of fight island which i think is amazing i love it if they were to do something like um, like an Ultimate Fighter or something like that on Fight Island, I still think that's cool. It's like some Hunger Games stuff. Right. Is that something that you'd be interested in, like going to live on an island and, and duking it out with a bunch of other guys? Oh, yeah. If there's a chance for me to, you know, change the life of my family, I'm going to jump on it. I mean, yeah, I'd be away from my family for a few months, but, hell, it's something that I'm going to be doing for a living, and, they can live off. They can live off that money. You know, I'm doing what I love to do. You know, paychecks are one thing, but take care of your family is totally different. So, hell yeah, I'll jump at the bit of that. It's like, hey, we got Bantamweight's Ultimate Fighter House coming. Like, I'm gonna put me in there because let's go. Cause I need this money. So, yeah, I, I love the idea. I really think it's like some Hunger Game type stuff. Just having a bunch of guys out there and duking it out in a house. I think that would be. It'd be awesome. And, and what are your thoughts on, on Fight Island as a whole? Are you like, I love it? Or is it just like, eh, it's, it's weird? Uh, I love it. You know, because you get to do, you actually are away from the world. So there's no jurisdiction, you know. Whoever the governing body, like the commission, is the one that says go. So other than that, you'd be like, well, I get to fight. I mean, like you said, it's like Hunger Games. You get to do what you want to do. I mean, you... Who's going to tell you no? So you got your coaches, you got your people that you want to be there. Hey, you get to train, you get to live the life. You know, I'm pretty sure it's a fantastic island because Daniel White bought it and everybody knows he's loaded. So, 
Like, yeah, you get your vacation and you get to fight and you get to, you know, train at this beautiful location. That's all a win right there. So you're you're now uh, you're now seven and three. Um, you put together a nice winning streak there. Uh, you know, you went four fights in a row before that loss. Um, what what what's it going to take to pull a pull off another streak like that, get three or four more fights um, and win. What is it you have to adjust in your game? And what do you think went wrong in that loss to Cody uh, Durden? The loss to him was just a lot of just negative going into that camp. You know, with him pulling out a fight, that psyched me out of it because the camp was, like, extremely long, you know, and not knowing if he's going to make it and him pulling out some bullcrap excuse saying, like, oh, I'll... I did this damage to the Mariv and all this and other. And, like, you didn't do anything. You just needed more time. So, other than that, uh, I'm pretty sure that, like, the first round I was winning the fight. The second round is when the knee happened. I still think the knee was totally legal, but it is what it is. Um, I think it's just me playing too much into the crowd, me playing too much into my emotions and not being able to challenge it because – most of the fights that I've had, I've never had to feel my emotions like that. I never wanted to actually hurt somebody or take someone out of there as much as I wanted him. So I think that me getting my emotions in check, which I have been doing pretty well on, and uh, being more of myself, so more of like how my last fight went, you know, taking the person to adapt, uh, taking them to the ground and finishing them there. That's where that's where most of my fights should be ending up at anyways because I'm no by no means am I a striker and my past few fights have been a striker and I've got lucky snatching up necks on the guillotine but but I think wrestling is something that I'm gonna have to go back to doing again. You said that the you you said UFC Bellator that that's the goal. How many more wins in a row do you think you're gonna have to uh, put together before you get picked up or noticed by a by a Dana White or Scott Coker? You know what? I have no idea. I hope maybe about one or two good showings because the weird thing is there's people in Bellator who've only had like three pro fights in my division or five pro fights or six pro fights. It's like, you mean to tell me I have 10 fights as a pro and you mean to tell me this guy's better than me because he's at three? I'm like, well, he's, he has more followers or it's like, no, this is a bunch of bull crap. It's like, you guys don't know about me. But so I think that if I take the Conor McGregor approach without being a dick. Um, just take it out there, put my name out there, you know, let people know who I am. People be okay with it, and I think I'll be there. So, and I don't know. I'm pretty sure Bellator's been watching all of the fights. You know, they I've known three of my teammates have fought for Bellator already. So, Jason King's fault, Taylor Turner's fault, Emily King's fault. So, I mean, it's not like they don't know who we are. They know about us. They probably got their eye on somebody, so they're waiting on somebody to do something crazy. So, hopefully next fight, this stuff blows over and I can get back into it and maybe go on just a win spree the whole time. I think it's, like, MMA is very different than other sports because, like, for example, football. Like, if you're good, you're good. And uh in boxing if you're good you're good in mma you really need to get out there uh and be vocal it's it's so unlike any other sport you could be the best in the world and mm -hmm. people may not even talk about you right like you know the conor mcgregor's had a massive following before he became champion 
Um, whereas some people aren't as vocal. Stipe Miocic is, for example, aren't as loud, aren't as boisterous, and they don't get that attention. It's it's very different, and it's it's unusual for sure. Yeah. yeah. You got to create your alter ego. You got you to gotta have somebody or something to relate yourself to. So with, with Connor, he's being from Ireland, and, you know, he's Irish. He's very proud of that. Most people who go to the fights or, you know, they like Irish people because they like to fight, you know, with all the movies that came out. And then everybody and their mom claims that they have some kind of Irish in them and this and that. It's like, no, you don't. But they that's how he gets them. He appeals to that crowd, you know, the people that are the douchebags, the ones that are like, I could whoop anybody. But he's not, he's not a douchebag. He just gives off that energy so people feed into it. So he knows how to play that field. Um, even Cejudo, Cejudo's, everybody keeps calling him cringy. I mean, I, I, I understand where he's coming from because you're in a small division. 35 and 25 are very small divisions. And nobody really know too much about that division. So you got to do what you got to do to sell it, you know. Now, granted, he's not doing it the right way, not going about it the right way, but it works for him. So Adesanya's probably the biggest person to do it right now since his like whole entrance for his last title fight. That's pretty dope. So that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to have some kind of market like that. So I know a bunch of us that came may have like these alter egos, you know? Um, so this, what do you got to do? You just got to appeal to your fan base and appeal to people that you want to target and come watch you fight and come say, Hey, come check out this guy. Yeah. Um, I guess the last MMA question, I guess. We have we have a big fight coming up tonight. Uh, what are your thoughts on the main event? Obviously, Walt Harris returning is very, very emotional. Uh, I'm rooting for him. I like him. Uh, I have Overeem. I feel like Overeem's just the better fighter, and I think he's going to get it done. Uh, he's going to spoil it. But but what what do you think? How do you, uh, how do you see it going? I like both of those guys. Um I like Walt Harris more because Walt Harris is, you know, he's coming up with a chip in his shoulder, and he's also, you know, he's ready to get after it. You know, Alistair Overeem, he has these fights where he'll be good next time he sucks. He'll be really good for a while, and then he sucks. So he really rides that roller coaster. So I like Walt Harris in this just because the difference is wrestling. Yeah. Um, the striking, if he tries to stand up, Alistair, oh, he's going to go sleep. And ain't no doubt about it. You can't go against a kickboxing champ, you know, for, like, years and think that I'm going to trade with this guy. It's like, no, he can still put you away. So, it's what you got to do. I think I, I pick Walt Harris, but it's probably, it's probably going to be a decision. And then uh, the only other title fight that's kind of booked uh, is Amanda Nunez uh, fighting Felicia Spencer. Um, I think it's... Everyone has Amanda Nunez winning. Are you in the same boat? Do you think she's yeah. she gets it done? Ain't nobody beating her. Ain't nobody beating Amanda. Ain't nobody beating Amanda Nunez. It's just not happening. She knows how good she is. You know, she's been working on her craft. Ain't nobody touching her. Then if maybe, maybe, you know, Felice gets some, you know, some highlights on her to show other people, hey, this girl can't be beat, but it still ain't going to happen. It's not. She beat the crap out of Cyborg, and Cyborg was the most dominant female in the world, and she made her just look easy. So, yeah, I'm with everybody on the Nunes. And uh, last, I guess, non-MMA question is, what are you doing during quarantine? What are you doing? Are you watching TV? Is there any shows you're watching? Are you are you a gamer? 
what is it you're doing to keep your mind occupied and, and just to waste some time? Uh, usually watching TV with the family or, you know, with the dogs that we got. Um, we usually try to get the kids outside. Sometimes they'll get us to jump on the trampoline with them and stuff like that. But mostly we play video games. I play my PlayStation a lot. The kids play theirs, you know, just do anything to relax. So mostly video games, TV, you know, um, sometimes we have game nights. Uh, let's really just be outside, try to not be in the house. So that's pretty yeah. much what we do. All right, man. Well, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to, to talk. Um, wish you all the best. Hopefully you can get back in there sooner rather than later. Uh, get a couple wins and, and hopefully you get noticed by Bellator UFC and, and get picked up. All right, man. I appreciate this. All right, man. No problem. All the best. All right. See you, man. Yeah. Stay safe.